This is a crusade. This is a holy war against the deep state. Where are the dictators? Where are the strong men? Donald Trump is our instrument for retribution. I'm going to fight for Christians. I'm going to fight for white people. They have the Great Reset. We have the Great Awakening. And why shouldn't I root for Russia? Because Which I am. I want to see these people go through misery because of their grooming against our children. After the assailant entered the home asking, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Those are the very same words used by the mob when they stormed the United States Capitol. I did nothing wrong. Welcome to the Did Nothing Wrong podcast, where we cut through the noise and help you make sense of the chaotic information space around us. I'm Griff Somke. And I'm Jay McKenzie. Poker and Politics is the pen name of Mike Raines, who is one of the people that is helping to combat the scourge of the QAnon movement, which has destroyed people, families, and lives all around the world. He helps moderate the QAnon Casualties subreddit on reddit.com, and he's provided valuable research and insight for many of the books and media pieces that have been released on the movement. We're lucky to have him with us today. Mike, welcome to Did Nothing Wrong. We're glad to have you here. I'm glad to be here. So how'd you get into this? What, what led to you getting involved in covering the QAnon movement so extensively? Uh, so my origin story is that I was obsessed with the Kennedy assassination uh, as a teenager in high school and the CIA totally did it and all that good stuff. And then eventually I became a 9-11 truther. I, I hated George W. Bush and anything I could possibly find as a justification for hating that man, I did. And so I really hated him and I wanted to blame him for 9-11, so I did. And then one day when I was talking to a fellow liberal about uh, that, I brought, oh, yeah, Bush did 9-11, blah, blah, blah. And he was just like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, he didn't. And it was just, like, stunning to me that someone would think that 9-11 wasn't an inside job or whatever. And then I started doing what QAnon always talks about, which is, like, do your own research. Look into these things. <laughs> And I started figuring out, wait, I'm wrong. 9-11 was actually just assholes throwing planes in the buildings. And maybe Bush like missed the signs or whatever, but he didn't do it. And from there, I started following the Illuminati because that mm. was this conspiracy subculture where people are like, there's a shadowy cabal that rule the world. And that stuff just got so big and energized on the Internet. And I was following websites like Vigilant Citizen and other places that would be talking about Illuminati symbolism and how they broadcast their propaganda and their message and blah, blah, blah. And then one day I started hearing about QAnon and when I was hearing about QAnon, my immediate reaction was this is just the Illuminati with Trump as a hero. This is the same <laughs> story I've heard, but now they got a good guy. They got a protagonist. And I started reading the Q drops and following people on Twitter that were doing this. And I'm just like, I'm right. This is literally what I thought it was. And because I'd been following this stuff for so long, I was like, I need to get on Twitter and start talking about it. I need to start engaging on this thing and explaining it to people. Hmm. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So was Jay-Z in the Illuminati? Just out of curiosity. Uh, absolutely. That. Oh, uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce. Uh, so the story, uh, <laughs> as, it, as it is, is that 
you can't, they were pledges. They were pledges to the Illuminati. They can, they cannot be full Illuminati, but they can sign themselves over to the Illuminati. Blue Ivy is going to be full Illuminati because your children, once the parents have signed on, the children get to have the full rights uh, of the Illuminati. It's like birthright citizenship, but for the Illuminati. Right, right. And the, the video for Run This Town was where they announced it, right? Uh, what's really funny is basically just the fact that Jay-Z did the Rockefeller sign, which mm, was like yes. Diamond Dallas Page's diamond cutter. Uh-huh. Bang. And that led to this whole thing where that's the all-seeing eye, that's this, that, the other thing. It's an Illuminati symbol, so he's obviously in on it. And Beyonce, Lady Gaga, and Katy Perry are like the th- the holy trinity of Illuminati singers, like those people stalk them. I remember Vigilant Citizen had like a, a Lady Gaga sub directory on one of their like forums. It was just devoted entirely to how Illuminati she was because <laughs> she just had so much Illuminati symbolism in her in her videos and stuff. They couldn't get enough of it. It's like the most aggressive form of hate watching. You're literally watching everything this person does just to document how Illuminati they are. Like, <laughs> ah, I got you. I saw another Illuminati reference. It's just, <laughs> oh my God, I cannot imagine consuming media that way. It just makes you so like stressed out and hyper aggressive. Mm-hmm. How are the QAnon followers of the people in this movement doing? Do you feel like there is just this constant feeling of being on edge? Absolutely. All QAnon promoters, all QAnon followers, almost assuredly on their timeline somewhere, have a post where they talk about how bummed out they are, how stressed out they are, how being a part of this movement has in some way compromised their mental health. (laughs) Because being a part of this movement, it's really bleak. You're just trapped in this world where the bad guys run everything. And now that Trump is just a candidate for president, he's a private citizen who's also been indicted a million times for his litany of crimes he's going to be on trial for. (laughs) So it's just the hope, the optimism that QAnon sucked people in with has been replaced now with the quote-unquote grim reality of what the Illuminati always was. Because the reason why the Illuminati never made it big, the reason why it never gave us, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, we didn't have elected representatives that were Illuminati, is that the Illuminati is just miserable. You find (laughs) out that bad guys run the world and... There's nothing you can do with that knowledge except just have it in your head, being like, oh, yeah, bad people rule the world. Everything sucks. It's terrible. It's Alex Jones ranting and raving about the globalists. It's just this terrible life that you're involved in. But then QAnon was like, don't worry, guys. Donald Trump's going to save us all. So you buy in and Trump's going to beat the bad guys. And then Trump doesn't beat the bad guys. And the bad guys just win. (laughs) So now you're back to square one. You're back to the Illuminati. and these people didn't sign up to believe in the Illuminati. They signed up for Trump to have Hillary and Obama shipped to Gitmo so they could be executed for their crimes. These people bought in for victory, not this. So now they're bummed. And that's just an inevitability of the movement. Yeah. So what has that done to the QAnon movement? How many people are actually still talking about this? What is it now? I would say that the movement has lost some steam. Like I remember one QAnon promoter posted a thing where they asked like, when did you get pilled? When did you join the movement? And the answers were always like much earlier than later. It was like 2018 and so on. And most of the people are in it for the long haul. They've been around for the duration. They haven't been 
they're not new to it. Like the movement was probably going to burn out or probably lose most of its steam in 2020 because you had Trump horribly behind in the polls. I mean, people don't remember this, but the reason why the perfect phone call happened that led to his first impeachment was that Fox News aired a poll where he was down 10 to Biden. And then he got on the phone and said, hey, Zelensky, get me some dirt on this guy or I won't give you the javelins. And so going into 2020, you basically just have Trump's going to get smoked. It's all over. Like nothing's going to happen. But then COVID hits and you've got all these people locked in their houses dealing with a once in a lifetime event and they want answers. They want to know what's going on. And QAnon is here to offer you fast, quick, easy, wrong answers about what's happening in the world. And so COVID really breathed new life into the movement and got people all cheaped up and anti-vax and COVID conspiracy theories and all that stuff. And now that's gone. Now Trump's gone. So the last thing they have is the, tr- the 2024 campaign. Like th- this is it. Like this is it for them. If Trump doesn't win in 2024, they they don't have anything. Right. That is the last thin read of hope they have. And I even see people making posts like, do we really have to wait another 426 days for Trump to be sworn in or will justice <laughs> come sooner? And it, like they they run polls on that. Like, like, will we be saved before Trump's inauguration on, on January 20th, 2025? Cause that's the grim reality they're facing now. They have over a year to the election. And then another two months after that for the inauguration for there to be a payoff. Yeah, I, I do love how they just sort of seamlessly jumped from, ah, the election was stolen and ah, Trump's still the president and he's going to be installed any day now to Trump 2024. And I don't know if you like there's a specific time when that shifted, but it just seems like something they don't want to talk about. So that is a thing where there there are still the people that think that Trump is still the, the president. You still have the devolution crew. You still have people that think that there is something working behind the scenes where Trump is somehow still in power. But the people that are dealing with the reality of what was public facing are all in on the 2024 campaign. And we got to vote. We got to rally. We got to overcome the algorithms. We got to beat the cheating voting machines and all that important stuff. And we're having arguments over if RFK Jr. should be his vice president, should Marjorie <laughs> Taylor Greene be his vice president, should Gary Lake be his vice president, like that kind of stuff is going on. But they need a push and pull. They need a they need tension. They need a conflict where the good guys and the bad guys are trading punches because otherwise they've got nothing. Like one of their favorite things is uh, there was an executive order that Trump made like a few months before the 2024 election. And it was just an EO about foreign interference in elections and how we're going to monitor that and make sure that it doesn't happen and blah, blah, blah. And that's just a really boilerplate executive order. And you, you go into the weeds and you find out that this executive order was based off an emergency power the president has. And every year the president has to reiterate that the emergency is ongoing to maintain the uh, the executive order. Right. So Biden has been renewing this executive order because, again, it's literally just a really simple bookkeeping thing where it's like, we're going to make sure no foreign countries fuck with our elections. This is really an easy thing for a president to want to do. But QAnon, like, 
one guy uh, has it. It's his pinned tweet was Biden renewed the executive order. This proves that <laughs> Trump's still running things and he forced him to resign it. And we're still running this thing. And oh, it's all so great. And it's just like, it's just that there's looking for any form, anything that gives them hope, anything that lets them imagine that there's this battle behind the scenes between the good guys and the bad guys and they're trading punches and this executive order proves that Trump's still in the fight and he's still got Biden on his puppet strings and making him do what he wants and (laughs) mean and then and then they talk about uh Ukraine getting another hundred billion dollars from the U.S. and I don't blame Trump for that like Trump isn't funding Ukraine's war machine that's all Biden but (laughs) Biden is still beholden to this executive order because Trump got him by the balls or something it's so (laughs) it's so incoherent (laughs) just disconnected completely wow yeah yeah it seems like one thing that you keep coming back to is obviously Trump because Trump is the is the center of, of QAnon. And it strikes me as so important in understanding why someone like Ron DeSantis probably never had a chance because Trump is this singular figure for a lot of these people. There, there's just no way they could transfer that energy to someone else, is there? No, Trump is the hero of the story. That is it. Like in the early Q drops, basically it is made very clear that the military had in hand went to Trump and was like, "Buddy, you got to stop Hillary. If you don't, we're going like it's the Q even states that like if Trump lost the election, we were going to stage a coup and keep Hillary from taking power because she was going to end the world if she got in." And the, the best part about all of this is all these Q drops were written in late 2017. So Q is just retconning. He's just in, he's inserting himself into the 2016 campaign after it already happened, after Trump had won and all this stuff. So the QAnon narrative is that the military begged Trump to run. And then once he won, they were going to reveal all these dark secrets about the deep state, about Hillary, about Obama, about all these people. But Trump was the public face of the movement. He's the president. We are the shadowy military intelligence operation working at his behest to undo the deep state's evil. And you can't give that to Ron DeSantis. There's no one else in the narrative that is that character. Trump is the hero. And at at, at this point, you have like this crazy infighting inside of QAnon where where, like in the Q drops, Michael Flynn's one of the big heroes. And now you've got these QAnon promoters saying, wait a minute, Michael Flynn's deep state. Michael Flynn's a bad guy. And the rest of QAnon is arguing with us. Shut up. What are you saying? You idiots. Like Flynn's a good guy. He's on our side. And, But that's those guys are learning that this is the Salem witch trials, and there are certain people you can't call a witch because it doesn't work anymore. You can call everybody else a witch, and we'll go stone them or hang them or whatever (laughs) we did to kill them. That'd be fine. But the Salem witch trials ended when someone accused the mayor's wife of being a witch, and he's like, "Oh no, fun's over. Nope, my wife is not a witch. We're done here." So, and that's what those guys learned when they accused Michael Flynn of being a witch. That the rest of the movement wasn't going to go along with it. So the thing is, is that people have called Trump a witch because Trump is pro Operation Warp Speed. Trump has bragged about the vaccines. And this should be a deal breaker for these people. That should be absolutely unacceptable. But they come up with the mental gymnastics necessary to justify Trump's support of Operation Warp Speed. No one else could possibly 
get away with this. And I had said this leading <laughs> into the 2020 election, doe-eyed knave that I was, that the 2020 election was going to break QAnon one way or the other because either Biden wins and all of their uh, bullshit about Trump being this unstoppable juggernaut will be disproven, or Trump will win re-election and then he will be in the White House every day telling everyone to get vaccinated and that will drive <laughs> them mad. And it turned out that they were able to get over Trump losing the election. They were able to keep the ball rolling even even though. So like in the alternate timeline, in the alternate universe where Trump did win re-election, that would obviously be much worse for the world. But it'd be very interesting to see how they actually handled that, where Trump was right. just literally on TV all the time. Operation Warp Speed, the Trump vaccine, get it, get it, get it now. And like <laughs> they all think that it's the... Gates death jab, that nanobots are going to be coursing through their bloodstream. I saw one QAnon promoter being like, look, I can't explain why Trump's still in favor of the vaccine. He's got to get RFK and his vice president or a part of his cabinet to get get control of that stuff because he's, he's he doesn't see it. He's not getting what they did to him. And it's like, <laughs> oh, God, it's like, guys, you should just call him deep state and be over with it. Like mm -hmm. you, you literally say the vaccine kills everyone and Trump likes it. That should be disqualifying, but it's not. It never will be. He's the <laughs> hero. He can do no wrong. So what percentage at this point of these people that are posting this kind of content, do you think actually believe it? That is the real tough thing is like how many of them are just grifters and how many of them are true believers. Right. I, and the thing is, is that it's tough for the people that are selling the T-shirts and doing the podcast, doing the live streams, all that. They, they got to make a buck off this thing. So it doesn't matter if they believe it or not. This is their niche. They got to do it. They're they're trapped on the hamster wheel. They got to they got to keep it spinning. But the rank and file, as we said, as I said before, they're they're just trapped. They're just depressed, and they've, they've this sunk cost fallacy. They got into this and now they're stuck. And a lot of these people have lost family, lost loved ones. They've alienated everyone they've known. They've lost their jobs. They've done so much damage to themselves. They're now like, they kind of feel like this is my family now. This is where I am now. I can't get out. So even if they don't believe anymore, they're trapped and they, they feel like they have to believe because what else? If I don't believe in this, I've uh, I've been duped. I've been suckered. And no one wants to believe themselves to be suckered. No one wants to be a dupe. Right. That has to worry you about what happens to these people if Trump really is out or gone. Because uh, where do they go? What do they do? And what, what purpose do they find in life? And a lot of times we've seen that people who think there is no political solution, and without Trump, these people are likely to believe there's no political solution and those people often turn to violence. Oh, yeah. That was, I mean, that's one of the main reasons why I got into this was I would just tell people QAnon is going to get people killed. That was just period, point blank. The end of this, the end of the story is people get killed. And that's the thing is that when Trump either loses this election or drops dead, um, it's the all the hope of the movement is going to drain out. And you're going to be left with the Illuminati. And these people didn't sign up for that. They didn't sign up for this edgelord, miserable stuff that some grifters can make some money off of. But fighting the new world order, fighting the globalists, buy my water filters. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> like that, 
that stuff just it, it's just not sustainable for them because that's not what they wanted. And so a lot of them are going to burn out. A lot of them are going to leave. But there are going to be those who do commit violence, that do stupid things. So like, it's not going to be like January 6th where they all show up at the Capitol and start rioting. But you're going to have like the media is going to call it lone wolf terrorism, but it's going to be QAnon terrorism. It's going to be QAnon that was it was going to be terrorism that was done because these people got indoctrinated in this movement that sold them a bill of goods about Donald Trump saving the world. And then he didn't. And now they got to save the world. They got to go to Comet Ping Pong and shoot the place up to save the kids in the basement of the place that doesn't have a basement. They got to do something. And right. like that's the thing is that you have this right wing misinformation machine that has been poisoning these people's minds for all this time. And eventually the emperor is going to have no clothes. Eventually the hope in Trump is going to be exposed as being fraudulent. And then we're screwed. What in your experience and opinion do you think we can do as a society to get ahead of some of that? If that's even something that's possible. The main thing that we can do on an individual level is to talk to the people that we know have like fallen down this rabbit hole and just tell them, look, look, if you ever start doubting this stuff, text me, call me, we'll get some coffee. We'll talk. And that's like the main thing is that you have to offer them a bridge to sanity. You have to offer them a bridge back to the world because a lot of these people, again, they, they think that no one will take them back, that they are stuck in this community. And this community is in every way that I can think of a cult. This community is so manipulative and they are so uh, determined to suck people in and to keep people in. Like one of the things that I, I bring up a lot of times is that you'll see someone posting on social media. Well, you know, it just happened. The wife just took the kids and drove them to grandma's house because she just couldn't deal with me screaming about Tom Hanks being a pederast anymore and blah, blah, blah. And the guy gets like 200 replies and all of the replies are stay strong, brother, stay strong. One day she'll see that you're right. They'll come back to you when the truth is unfolded. Like the, you are doing the right thing. You are the one on the correct path. You're the one bearing the terrible burden. One day you will be validated. Nobody says to these guys, bro, that's your wife. That's your kids. Like log off the internet, go talk to them, get back with them, reconnect, save your marriage. We'll be waiting for you later. Nobody says that. Everybody tell everyone love bombs the guy and tells him, oh, she's just a dumb normie. She doesn't know the truth yet. One day she'll figure it out. One day she'll see that you're right. And that's how you'll that's how your family will come back together when you're vindicated, when you are validated. And huh. that just it, it's it's so bleak. It's so dark yeah. to think that like that's how it works. That is a truly terrifying prospect right there. Just on the idea of people that are still waiting, people that posted that a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, and they're still waiting. Uh, oh, that is that is rough. And uh, it's easy to forget those those real life stories. For you, though, personally, have you had anyone come to you and, and try to get out? Have you talked to anyone who wanted to, to leave or has thought about leaving? Have you had any personal experience with that? 
I have found out that I have helped people leave. Um, not uh, I, I haven't I haven't had a like a conversation with someone where we had a talk and they started to leave, but I believe like four or five people have said that the stuff they see from me on Twitter helped them make the decision to leave. Uh, Will Sommer in his book. Um, posted about how a woman, she believed in QAnon in a negative way where she just felt the evidence for what they were saying was true and she didn't want to believe it, but it was just so persuasive. She had no choice but to accept that it was right and that she read my Q is always wrong thread and seeing all the failed <laughs> predictions, seeing all the things Q screwed up, that helped like her believe, wait a minute, no, this isn't what I thought it was. This isn't persuasive. And that helped pull her out of the movement, which is like, put that on my, put that on my tombstone that I got like four or five people out of QAnon. That's my greatest yeah. achievement. That, that's hey. my greatest achievement of my life. Like that. That's huge. I, yeah. That I, got, yeah like, that I got some small number of people back to reality. So like, that, that's the hugest win I could ever ask for. So, I mean, it's just like that is like the kind of stuff that is out there. Like, I, again, I've never had that one-on-one -on -one conversation with someone, but I know where that is because like it, it, this was when I was a 9-11 truther. My friend called me a moron. Like it was just that simple. It was just a guy yelling at me and it just like made a light bulb go off over my head. And you just net, that's the main thing. You just never know what's going to get to somebody like so many, uh, Former QAnon believers like uh, Jatar, the guy from Australia who's been on CNN and all that stuff, like he, like some software thing that QAnon that Q talked about. He's like, wait a minute, software doesn't work that way. It's just <laughs> you never know what's going to be the moment where suddenly Toto pulls back the curtain and you just see the Wizard of Oz behind there pulling the levers. You just never know what that moment's going to be for somebody where the doubt creeps in and they start to not believe in it. They start not buying in as much as they were before. And it's in that moment when you should like try to talk to them. Like I, I, after the, after the 2020 election, like I, I posted stuff like, Hey, if you've got a QAnon believer in your life, now's the time maybe to drop a call on them. Maybe say, Hey, how's it going? How are you feeling? How are you doing? And if like, they're just, going trusting the plan and they're buying in then okay catch you later buddy but if there's like i can't believe trump lost because the prophecy and blah 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 then like you can be like well maybe maybe not so much maybe we could go back to you know hanging out and bowling on friday nights the way it used to be when we were bros <laughs> like that kind of thing when durham released his report and slunk off into the shadows that was supposed to be a huge payoff durham was supposed to bring the whole thing down like after durham Talk to your QAnon friends. Say hi. Well, don't even bring up Durham. Just ask them how they're doing. Ask them how they're feeling. And it's just that kind of thing. You just have to have these moments where maybe there's some doubt. Maybe something happens after Trump gets convicted of one of his innumerate crimes here. Maybe talk to them. After he loses in 2024, maybe talk to them. Because something could happen. Something could have changed. But the most important thing to know is that you can't pull them out. They must take the first step. They have to walk mm -hmm. towards you. You can't walk towards them. You can't grab them and pull them out because you don't know why they got into the movement. You don't know what hole in their soul the movement filled. People always think like, oh, these people got into this movement because they're stupid. They, they're idiots and they're just falling for it. And intelligence is no defense for that stuff.
No. Something is inside you that you aren't being fulfilled with on some level, and this is fulfilling you. This is doing something for you. And I mean, I was a 9-11 truther. I bought into this stuff. One of the smartest guys I know. When he was young, I told him, dude, you're incredibly smart. Get into poker. Like you're playing <laughs> Magic the Gathering right now. There's no money in it. Learn poker. You'll make a lot of money at it. He was a winning poker player, made a lot of money at it. I would talk to him one day and he was living on a commune in South America, waiting for America to, America to collapse and telling me to buy physical silver and gold. I would never sit at a poker table with that guy. He'd carve me up. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm a fish. And he's buying into physical silver and that Glenn Beck nonsense. That's just it. You just don't know why someone goes down the path they do. But all you can do is just tell them, hey, man, if uh, you ever start seeing it another way, I'm here for you. And the last thing I always say about this is that only do that if you have the mental and emotional stability. If like you, if they're if they're just toxic and they're damaging to you, take care of yourself first. But if you right. if you have the ability to try to get someone out of the movement and you think you get up to it, that's all you can do. Definitely, definitely. So it seemed like something we were starting to see for a while with the QAnon movement is that. Certain, not exactly mainline churches, but non-denominationalist churches were starting to try and find a way to work this stuff into their services, work this stuff into what they were talking about. Are we still seeing a lot of that? Is that something that is still happening or have they sort of more abandoned that kind of work? I haven't seen more of those kind of churches cropping up, but I do know of movements that have tried to merge the Q drops with the Bible and to create that sort of Christianity plus QAnon mythos because Q talks about God winning a lot. That's one of the God wins is one of the phrases Q uses. Q did quote a lot of Bible verses. It is a very Christian mythology in a lot of ways. The early Q drops talk about a lot of uh, how a lot of Congress people worship Satan. Some of them openly show it. They uh, have um, a photo of Hillary Clinton wearing a uh, necklace that, if you look at the main like plate, it's like a it's like gold circles. If you look at the main gold circle in the middle, if the light hits it right, you think it's an upside down cross as the image right. on it. And Chelsea Clinton's wearing a Greek cross because Chelsea Clinton herself has even debunked this by posting the Greek cross in question. And a Greek cross just looks like a plus sign. But uh, people Photoshop that to make it a little longer on the top. So it's an upside down cross so that they can call <laughs> Hillary and Chelsea both Satanists. Of course. And it, all of that is very funny because also um, that is the cross of St. Peter. It is because he was being sentenced to death and he asked to be crucified upside down because he did not think he was worthy of being crucified as the same way as Jesus was crucified. So it's an actually like a religious symbol of Christianity. I know the Satanists grabbed the upside down cross and tried to make it shocking, but it's original thing is a Christian symbol, the upside right. down cross. Right. Right. So it seems like there's a cottage industry of folks on the left who for lack of a better phrase, need QAnon to keep being a thing. They need to have QAnon out there as the big bad to justify getting people into their version of what looks like a mirror image of it at some times. How does this kind of look different? And 
what can you do to kind of stay away from that? I guess if it's something that you're concerned about. The main thing about Blue Anon is that are they offering false hope? Are they offering solutions to questions that are ridiculous? What are they actually trying to sell you is the main thing. Because I think like for me, Mike Rothschild, QAA, like uh, Dapper Gander, Sarah Hightower, like actual real debunkers who actually are doing the work. I think that those people are just debunking. We're just saying, this is where QAnon is lying about this. This is where they're not being truthful. The Blue Anon people put in the false hope. They put in this, like the, like right. my favorite Blue Anoner is Bad Company because that guy's just absolutely <laughs> full of shit. And uh, that guy's always talking, oh, I'm hearing some chatter. Oh, look, sounds like Trump's in some hot water this time. Ah, we're going to get him this time, boys. And it's just that kind of nonsense where you're the insider, but you have the left-wing intelligence that the bad guys are going to go down, that we're going to, this this time we're going to get Trump on all that kind of nonsense. That is the, the problem. That is the mirror image. And then, of course, uh, this conversation leads to Jim Stewartson and his ridiculous nonsense where it's my way and the highway with him. You have to believe in the QAnon narrative exactly the way he believes in it, or else you're a bad person. Right. Like Michael Flynn started Q, and Michael Flynn is Q, and Michael Flynn's been behind it the whole time. And if you do not believe this, you are part of a conspiracy to obstruct the truth, mm-hmm. which is so ridiculous because, like, my whole timeline is just me talking about how bad QAnon is and how evil it is. And yet, I am still the enemy yeah. to Jim and his followers. You're a walking false flag, my friend. Your whole, I am. Your whole timeline's a false flag. What can you yes, do? because somehow, like, I'm this, like, sort of bizarre extra layer of Michael Flynn defense where I'm calling Michael Flynn a piece of shit, calling QAnon terrible, all of it. But I have been secretly instructed by somebody, probably Michael Flynn, that when push comes to shove, I just say that Michael Flynn didn't start Q because that's how I get my funding. That's how I am supported by Michael Flynn in this whole operation where I tell the public 99% of the truth, but that last 1%, that's the one thing I hide. And I've told people, I'm like, read the original Q drops. There's no indication that this was a high-level, sophisticated no. operation. Literally, there's no way Q would know that his audience would be of any size, of any significance. He literally paints himself into a deadline that's like three days after he starts posting. Like, like basically by November 1st, he's like, November 4th, it's all over. We're, 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 Trump's going to initiate martial law and the Marines are going to storm Washington, D.C. and arrest all the bad guys. And then on November 4th, he's like, oh, yeah, I was lying. Uh, this was all about MBS cracking down on Saudi Arabia. We're all good here. <laughs> and the idea that Michael Flynn or Grew or Putin was like, I want to create this high-level misinformation campaign, but I'm going to set a tight three-day deadline for my first obvious lie and then hope that I get over that hump and it all works <laughs> out. I mean... This was just a dumb, organic thing that went viral, and then people just couldn't stop buying into it. I mean, we know the history of it. We know Pamphlet Anon and Paul Ferber and Tracy Beans 
and all these people, and then you've got Joe M and all these people posting all this stuff. I mean, Jordan Sather has a video where he calls out Q. I, I can't ever remember the name of the guy that he said was Q, but at the start of this whole thing, it was just a bunch of goobers saying, hey, some guy on 4chan's posting some shit. Check it out. <laughs> I mean, that was really it. I've said this. If this was a high-level intelligence operation where Trump is giving us this intel, they would have never set a deadline right away. It would have been an open-ended thing where, hey, guys, you're just getting intel from Trump. And then we go from there. And why 4chan? Of all yes. the places for this thing to start, why arguably the sewer of the internet at that point right why yeah right the the, the idea the idea that donald trump can only get his voice heard by 4chan and <laughs> then q jumps from 4chan to 8chan and then q locks himself into 8chan like q makes the post where he's like no outside comms the q drops will only be on 8chan and it's like why if this isn't a military intelligence operation why would you not have like instagram accounts twitter accounts facebook accounts why would you not be like promoting this everywhere you can? Why are you tethering yourself to a scumbag website run by a pig farmer from the Philippines? I mean, just <laughs> why would you do this to yourself? Well, it's interesting to me because it, yes, we know that Mike Flynn Jr. was working for his dad when he was on the Trump campaign. And we know he was posting about Pizzagate and he posted about Pedogate and I know this was like a long running theme for them, but it was the long running theme for all of MAGA. It wasn't like, oh, QAnon comes around and it's this thing no one's ever heard of and suddenly it blows up. Like, yeah, okay. It was it was a continuation of a theme that plenty of people in this sphere liked to weaponize, but all of them knew about it. And then it comes out and you have a lot of the guys who pushed Pizzagate, like Mike Cernovich or or Jack Posobiec, some of these people that were very involved in that were kind of shying away from QAnon. They, even if they kind of were hinting at it, they didn't want to dive in because I think at the time they didn't want to lose their accounts. They didn't, they, they realized that this is too crazy. If this is really right. some elaborate masterminded scheme that Mike Flynn is carrying out, why did none of them want to be associated with it? Why did we have to get these, these more obscure figures who are willing to go out and say this? Yeah, exactly. I mean, because as you just said, Flynn was promoting Pizzagate, Cernovich and Postebeck were promoting Pizzagate. And Pizzagate was just the latest iteration of the Illuminati. It was the latest iteration of mm -hmm. these are the bad people that do the bad thing. And this is now we have we, we've caught them with the Podesta emails. We have all their information. We know that they do these terrible things. And then that all peters out. And now you still have Liz Crokin and the rest of these goofs going, Pizzagate's still real. I'm still going to squeeze the blood from that stone. Just, it's the saddest stuff. But I don't think anyone really understood how important and how big it was for the movement, for this, this conspiracy theory to have a protagonist. I don't think anyone understood how, that was what Q did that was big compared to everything else, was the, just that the idea that you have this this thing that's been around for forever. It's been, it was the protocols right. of the learned elders of Zion. It was the communists. It was the satanic panic. It was the globalists. It's, it was the Illuminati. It's been around for a hundred years or more. And it never was anything important. 
But then you have Q literally stating that the president of the United States is now your champion fighting these bad guys, and he's going to kick their butts for you. And I just think that 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 turning of the Illuminati story around to where now it's no longer negative. Now it's no longer miserable. Now it's actually optimistic and positive and that there is a, a, a win condition because with the Illuminati stuff, I mean, God had to step in to win things and people right. that buy into the stuff are probably atheistic or agnostic. They're not really buying into the Christian God, but with this now, Trump is your Jesus. He's your holy warrior. He's coming in to save the world. And that's it. It seems to me, and for people who may be listening and want to avoid the left-wing version of that, I would argue that for somebody like Jim Stewartson, there is that singularity. The figure is Donald Trump. And it's also Mike Flynn. For, For him, for some of these people, if only we could take them down, if only they would get arrested, And they don't care if the crimes they get arrested for maybe just have to be made up. Maybe we can't prove them, but they should be arrested anyway. I feel like the left-wing version kind of has that singular focus, and there's just nothing about what comes next. Okay, what if Mike Flynn was arrested? What if he went to jail for the rest of his life? Is that going to change anything? Is that going to make your life better? Yeah. (laughs) The white horse thing. Nobody's coming in, even if, you know, all this happened. What? What does it do to actually fix the situation? What does it do to change any of this? And they don't. It's just a constant barrage of arrest Mike Flynn, arrest Mike Flynn, day in, day out. And yeah, you're right. Then what? What's the end game here, Jim? He never has one. No. Because if Flynn gets arrested, he's just a martyr. Eventually, at some point, Trump will just become the new JFK. Because that's the whole story of Kennedy, was that he was fighting the deep state. That's why they killed him. And... So many people ask me, like, how can these people love Kennedy when he's the antithesis of Trump? Their politics were diametrically opposed, et cetera, et cetera. And I tell them, the bad guys killed JFK. The bad guys opposed Trump. That makes them both good. That's it. That's all there is to it. It's (laughs) a very easy black and white narrative. And at some point, Trump's failure will just become the new Camelot. He'll just be the, he had a hero. He fought his best. But then the deep state overcame him. And that's just the way it's going to (sighs) go. frightening but i think you're right (laughs) it also helps explain if there is that crossover there why a lot of these people even though right now we identify them as republicans they're not really republicans they're trump voters right and that's probably all they're going to be and if it's not trump then they may never vote again right they're caught up in this cult of trump they're caught up in this idea that he is this singular heroic figure And it's really funny because political Twitter is just full of people being upset that their political party isn't doing enough. But you hear all the talk about the uniparty from both sides, like hardcore leftists are like, the uniparty, Biden's never going to do all these things he's promised us to do. And on QAnon's side, they're just like, Trump just needs to get rid of so many of these rhinos and these Republicans that are not actually on board the MAGA train. And like they just buy into this narrative that their guy is the singular hero, the only person that can save the world and he's got to do it. And it's just a movement that is based upon this really unpopular, horribly out of shape, horribly unhealthy 77 year old man 
that I mean, this thing has a shelf life. It has a very <laughs> tight shelf life. And when that when that happens, when either he loses his political power or he drops dead, suddenly this this movement is going to fracture. I mean, it's just going to be the grifters and the people that are sunk cost fallacy. They're going to just go back to the Illuminati. They're just going to go back to the dark times. And they've learned the protagonist sell. So they're going to try to prop up Marjorie Taylor Greene or prop up Lauren Boebert. They're going to try to make their new heroes. But the main storyline is just going to be pissing and moaning about how the bad guys are dunking on them. And that's just not, that's not something that generates mainstream attention. It doesn't build as much of a movement as QAnon does. So why do you think that a lot of the politicians that have like kind of looked the other way at this stuff, why do you think they don't seem to want to separate from it? Is it just a sense of like, they're all voters? I do think it's that. I do think it's like, Hey, I'm getting their vote. Why would I alienate them? I mean, it like to me, like we talked about it earlier with DeSantis and how he just, just run, ran the worst possible campaign against Trump and got raffle stomped. Like <laughs> if anyone, DeSantis should have run right at QAnon, like from the jump, just been like, look, right. Donald Trump's part of this movement of wackadoodles and nut jobs who think that there were kids in the basement of a pizza that doesn't have a basement. And Trump placates these people and he's humoring them and it's ridiculous. And we as Republicans can't win a national election if we're pandering to these people. And he should have just come out guns blazing. But it just feels like none of these people have the nerve to say no, to just put their flag down and be like, we cast QAnon out because the they're going to vote for you anyways. I mean, they're not going to vote for a Democrat. The Democrats right. drink the blood of children. Democrats are <laughs> literal thralls of Satan. You've got their vote. They're either not going to show up or they're going to vote for you, period. And yet, even with that, even with that being the situation, none of them have the wherewithal to do it. And that really, that just shows the cowardice of the Republican Party. It just shows how little they care about this. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene, so uh, as you probably know, in Georgia, you have to win 50% of the vote in order to advance. Right. If you don't, there's a runoff. And Marjorie Taylor Greene got like 43% of the vote and second place got like 20%. And they had to do a runoff between those two. And during that like month between the first primary and the runoff, her racist like Twitter posts came up. Her allegiance to QAnon came up. All of this information about her came up. And Republicans didn't just pour in money to her opponent and, and try to disown her and try to get him over the finish line. Because that guy was the exact same thing as Marjorie Taylor Greene. They both literally ran ads where they were both holding an AR-15 and talking about how much they hate the squad and socialism. <laughs> and they were MAGA all the way. I mean, you couldn't have slid a sheet of paper between Marjorie Taylor Greene and that guy. Nope. But the Republican Party was just like, we are fine with the QAnon lady. We will just turn our eyes away from it and just let her win. And she can be our representative and she can be the QAnon lady. And it's all good with us. And I mean, and then you had Trump literally when the reporters were like, QAnon, Trump, what's the deal? And he's like, are they really that bad? They said that I'm fighting pedophiles and saving the world. Sounds good to me. I mean, and nobody, nobody stepped up. I was like, no, Donnie, no, bad. No, I mean, 
they're they're totally okay with it. They're totally okay with QAnon. It's ridiculous, but it, it is. None of these people ever want to alienate a potential voter. And the question is, like, if DeSantis had done that, is there enough sane people left in the Republican Party that it would have actually done him any good? I absolutely agree that he should have probably run that kind of campaign. But what is the percentage of folks that are bought into this stuff enough to, to at that point, potentially stay home? You're right. A lot of them didn't vote. Trump was the first person some of these people really voted for. It's really hard to know. It's just really hard to know how it works because inside the right wing and inside the Republican Party, you basically have this nesting doll of shame. You have the Republicans who are ashamed of MAGA. You have MAGA who are ashamed of QAnon. You have QAnon who are ashamed of the JFK Jr. truthers. And every step down that line, you just have people that don't want to be associated with the next rung. But at the end of the day, they all hold their nose and work together to further the goal of getting Trump into power and maintaining him in power. But there's just never going to be that moment where someone's just like the whole thing about William F. Buckley casting the racists out or and all that kind of stuff. And like principled conservatism no longer accepts you. That doesn't exist anymore. Like it just, you have cabinet members of DeSantis's uh, administration going on Fox saying, yeah, we're not going to recommend the vaccine to people under 65. We're just going to say it's <laughs> dangerous. I mean, they're yep. literally killing their constituents because they're chasing conspiracy theory people for votes. Like that's how, that's how lost they are. Right. Yeah, the DeSantis campaign tried to out anti-vax the Trump campaign, and it did not work well because apparently people have just moved on. But that was part of the platform. Although, if you go back further, when when Trump was run, running for re-election, and, and people would ask, "Well, what's what's the platform? What's the Republican platform? What are they running on?" And well, they didn't have one. The platform was was Trump, and so. You look at the Republican Party and without this culture war stuff, without Donald Trump, what are they? What do they believe? They're a fake populist party that doesn't care about their constituents. So I don't think they they know what else to do. It's it's inertia at this point. Yeah, they're just the opposition party. We Mm -hmm. stand in opposition to woke. What's woke? Can't tell you, but we hate it. Uh-huh. And it's, it's just that it's just they literally are in defiance of their enemies and they can't tell you who their enemies are or why they're their enemies, but they just are their enemies. Mm-hmm. And that's just it. And you can't find one of their candidates, no matter what they're polling, that doesn't seem to think that some sort of military strike on Mexico, the minute they get involved, isn't a good idea. So it's really this is what you're voting for. The party of opposition the party of perpetual conflict with everybody around us it's insane yeah Yeah, i mean they're just they're just lost and this is another thing that people what can i do to like help fight this good fight i'm just like close your eyes and vote democrat straight ticket all the way down (laughs) don't care (laughs) whatever whatever problems you have with the democrats doesn't matter they are tethered to reality the republicans are not and like people will always say, but what am I voting for? And it's like, well, I don't, I don't know. I'm not even going to get into that. What I am going to talk about is the fact that your vote can be a break on someone else's madness. That you can, uh-huh. you can jam the gears of the railroad train going off the cliff. You can say, no, I stop you. I will not let you hold power because you're going to do bad things. And it's just like, but I don't want to vote for the status quo. Well, hey, status quo is a lot better than it's going to be. 
Exactly. Do you prefer the status quo or do you prefer what's coming that they've been very upfront about the idea that yeah. they're going to dismantle the government, the idea that they're going to fire every federal worker, that they're going to bomb Mexico, that they're going to, yeah, all of this. Is this, is this something you'd find preferable to what's yeah. going on now? Yeah. Do you prefer not good enough or could be better to the worst possible scenario? It seems like a fairly easy choice, but yeah. people do seem to struggle with that. And I get it. I get not loving the Democrats and not loving Biden. But nope. yeah, my my argument continues to be look at the alternative. <laughs> yeah, that's one of Biden's quotes. Don't compare me to the almighty. Compare me to the alternative. I mean, it's just it's just that. And he's right. He's right. <laughs> Someone made the statement, which I well, I love very much, is that if Trump gets in, Alito and Thomas are going to retire and get replaced by two forty somethings from the uh, Federalist Society <laughs> who think the Nineteenth Amendment is quote unquote murky. And I just thought, like, <laughs> that is. <laughs> That's great. Like, yep. I mean, it's just like, that's where we're going to be. Like, what does it mean women can vote? You can't define what a woman is. So <laughs> on one side, you have like tempid liberal democracy. On the other side, you just have open, proud fascism. Exactly. This really isn't tough. I honestly think that if you are telling me I'm a leftist and I'm not voting Democrat, you're just trolling. You mm -hmm. just want clicks. You just want attention. You just want to fight with people. Congratulations. I will give you no oxygen because I don't care because I know what you're doing. And I'm, I would rather talk to some bored person in Pennsylvania who's never voted in their life before. Be like, Hey buddy, let's talk about voting. Seems like a good idea. Maybe you should do that rather than get into some 40 tweet performative argument with you about single payer and how if we can't get it, you're staying home. So combobulations. Exactly. It's like no. you are responsible for those three Supreme Court justices if that's how you felt about it. You know, yep. this is this is on you. Yep. You know, Hillary wouldn't have been any better. Well, her nominees for the Supreme Court sure as hell would have been. <laughs> <laughs> that is one. Oh my God. In 2016, I literally went around the barn with this one guy and he was from Wisconsin. So his vote mattered. And the whole time he was just telling me not voting for him. Go to hell, buddy. And then like apparently on election day, he broke down and voted Hillary. But then after she lost, God, was he so happy she lost. <laughs> I stopped dealing with that guy, but it's just that it's just that mentality of, I, I, I told him, I'm like, name the Supreme court justice that Obama or Clinton picked. That was bad. Because right. this, this whole thing where you're like, the two parties are the same. The two parties are the same. Let's just compare Supreme Court justices. Just Let's just go straight on that. And if you can tell me that there's no difference between Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Samuel Alito, then boy, howdy. Like, then sure. My, sure. Then, then whatever. Then I can't I can't talk to you. <laughs> my friend had an argument with someone. Like, literally, it was like first day at the job. And he's having an argument with someone at a casino about religion. Great idea. Absolutely sparkling <laughs> employee service. But my, and my friend finally asked the guy, he's like, how do you know? How do you like understand that like, God is the way you say he is? And the guy just says to him, God speaks to me. I can heal with my hands. And it's like, well, then you win the argument. If God talks to you and you can heal with your hands, you win. I lose. Congratulations. Done. <laughs> so yeah, it's just, yeah. Seriously. It's just, it's insane. But you're right. It's regardless of whether this is the perfect, it doesn't matter at this point. You got to play the board. Right where it's at. Yep. And right now right. the board is we've got two elderly white guys running for the presidency. <laughs> one of them is doing a pretty good job out there. And one of them was an absolute train wreck for four years. Choose wisely. Yeah. And he wants to be worse. He's like, literally, <laughs> I, 
I, my next four years will be much worse. <laughs> I will intentionally do a much worse job the next four. Absolutely. Boy, boy he, howdy, you have no yeah. idea how bad I'll be. And he's going to. But the, the thing I keep going back to is, yes, just, just remember that compared to the second term, the first Trump turn had guardrails. That was the guardrails term. That was the nice, soft, maybe he is or maybe he isn't a fascist. And, tr- and term two is going to just be... Hitler salutes. It is going to be loyalty <laughs> pledges. It is going to be purges. It It's going to be bad. All that dark MAGA stuff, it's going to be real. That ain't going to be memes anymore. They're, they're serious about it, and they've said so. So yep. if that's something that you want, then I guess you can feel free to go ahead and do that. But it doesn't seem like any way to run a country. Just doesn't. Nope. Yep, not so much. Yeah. So... What can people do to support you and the work that you're doing? Oh, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash poker politics. Help me out. Uh, You can subscribe there. I have a GoFundMe right now because I was basically conned by the store. My feet were hurting and my Ah. doctors had no answers to why my feet hurt. And they were like, you can go to the store. They sell orthopedic inserts. I looked online. They were like, hey, these orthopedic inserts are about like $200, maybe $500. So I show up and they're like, those are the kid inserts. The adult inserts are way more money. And when you're in excruciating pain, mm-hmm. you will do anything to get out of that pain. Yes. And I signed the paperwork that said, I can't return these things. And not that I would because they ease the pain. But yeah, so I owe an incredible amount of money to this stuff and I have to pay it off in like three months or else they, they doubles in price oh, on geez. a rent to own scam thing. <sighs> and the best part about it was after this all happened, I went on Yelp and that store has like so many one star reviews and they're like, they ripped me off those bastards. And I'm like, yeah, sounds right. Jeez. So yeah, yeah, not great. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's, I know there's a lot better causes in this world than me and my foot pain, but uh that was not a fun moment in my life. No, no, definitely not. Chronic pain is not fun. And you're right. You will do just about anything you can think of to have that stop happening. So, yep. yeah, go to the go to the GoFundMe. Throw this guy a few bucks. He's doing the Lord's work out here. Thank you for coming on with us today. We really appreciate your time. This has been excellent and extremely informative. Quite amusing. This has been a lot of fun. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. I, I I hope to be somewhat entertaining and informative. And uh, I do believe I have done my job because as, uh, as I've told a lot of people uh, when I, when I do interviews and when I talk to reporters, if I don't see the light in your eyes die, I have not expressed QAnon <laughs> properly enough to you. <laughs> and, and I think I've demoralized both of you. So I, I have achieved success. Great work. Great work. Thank you, sir. We appreciate it. All right. Well, stay safe out there. And yeah, we really appreciate you coming on. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening to the Did Nothing Wrong podcast. If you want to hear more, you can find us on the web at didnothingwrongpod.com. Please make sure you subscribe to get our content straight into your inbox. You can also follow us on Twitter at James, the word for, and the letter M, all one word, and Grizza BJJ, G-R-Z-A-B-J-J, as well as DNW Pod. We're extremely grateful for paid subscriptions and donations that allow us to keep doing this important work. Thanks, and remember, everyone mentioned did nothing wrong.